Good evening and welcome to Conversations with Crystal. I'm your hostess Crystal and this evening we are joined by Steve Mulry. Good evening Steve, how are you this evening? I'm fantastic Crystal and thanks for uh, having me on your podcast. Yes, I'm really happy to have you join us here today, Steve. You know, I've been a long-time supporter of the Ted Mulry gang and I'm really happy to hear that TMG is still going strong. Would you like to tell everybody how TMG has continued on? Yeah, sure. I mean, um, I suppose I should go to the, the point where I where I started with the band, first of all. Yes. Um, so what happened, obviously, Ted passed away in 2001. And um, in 2002, there was um, in Queensland, in Cairns, there was a um, a Lifeline concert where you know you raise money for Lifeline, and uh, there was all these artists on, and even people from overseas were on, and and so the band were asked to do it, and they said, "Do you want to come and do this?" I only had to do three songs. I said, "Yeah, sure." So we did that, and then that was it. And I was under of the understanding that they would never play again. Right. Um, they never wanted to play again. They, you know, it was a pretty sad time for them. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, we, we've been friends a long time. And and um, uh, you know, every now and again, very rarely, but every now and again, we contact each other. Herm would ring me from the band or Les, you know, and we'd, and, and we'd say hi. You know, how are you doing? Blah blah blah. Just small talk. Yeah. And and. Um, and then in 2016, I think it was around about March 2016, I got a phone call from Herm. Uh, you know, like like you know, it was out of the blue, but you know, again, nothing unusual because that's how <laughs> we contact each other. Mm-hmm. And he, he's just talking, and then he said, um, "Look, um, we're thinking about getting the band back together." And I said, "Yep, you know, yep, let's go." Absolutely, um, didn't even have to think about it, eh? And, and that, and, and and then I thought about it after I said that, and I said to Herm. Um, you were going to ask me, weren't you? Because <laughs> <laughs> I suddenly realised he might have just been, um, you know, just telling uh, you, being nice to let me know they were going to put the band back together. And he said, absolutely. He said, who else could we do it with? Yeah. He said, there's nobody else. I said, well, that's great. So, so um, then we started in 2016, and, and we were playing in 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and at the beginning of 2020, um, it was around March of 2020. We were in Melbourne. Um, in fact, Hush was on with us as well, but they, were, they weren't being called Hush at the time because Keith wasn't in the band. They were calling themselves Get Rocked. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was the weekend from that week on, and it was, I think, I can't think it was the 14th or something of March when the pandemic hit. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, it sort of stopped everything up it, live music-wise. It sure did. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, and so the band... Ted, Ted Mulry Gang, TMG, have not played since the 20th. Sorry, since, that, since 2020. Yep. 2020, March 2020. So in the meantime, and even before that, Les had been writing songs, Les Hall from the band, and, and uh, he had, uh, he'd written a bunch of songs over a period of time and sent me some and said, oh, what do you think of this? Oh, yeah. And then he changed something in it and sent it back, and then he changed some lyrics and sent it back. And I didn't I, I didn't know what it was all about. He, he was just sending me songs to have a listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and then he, he said, uh, just moving forward now to earlier, to the, to last year, actually, to, to last year, mm-hmm. he uh, contacted me and said, look, I wouldn't mind record, recording this um, this album. He sent me the songs with him singing. I said, oh, that's great. He said, I'm going to go into 
Herm's studio, and and because um, Herm Kovac has a studio in Sydney, he said, no, I'm, I want to record an album. I said, oh, good on you, good luck. Anyway, not long after that, I get a phone call back from Les. He said, look, Herm has said um, he'd like um, to play drums on it, and he'd like um, you to sing on it, and he'd like um, Tony Mitchell, who was in Sherbet, because he's now mm-hmm. he'd been our bass player for a while now, and said, uh, get Tony in and 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 um, do it that way rather than me playing on the instruments. I said, oh, that's great too. So we started recording, and then Herm comes up and says to, to Les, you know what? This could be a TMG album. Yeah. You know, we're all you know, four of us are here right now, and so and we're recording it. This could be a TMG, and it, and that's what what's happened. It wasn't an intentional TMG like Ted Mulry Gang album. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was a Les Hall album, really, and all of a sudden it turned into a TMG album, um, which is you know finished now in the can, ready to be released um, later in later this year. Yeah. Um, a, a single has been released from it a few weeks ago uh, called La La, yeah, and it's getting a bit of airplay, which is good. And um, that's fantastic. And, uh, I love that. Uh, yeah, and. Um, I believe you will be playing it later in your in your podcast. Excellent, yeah. I'd love to. Thank you. So um, yeah, uh, that that's fantastic. Yeah, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. Are you singing on this album? And yes. when you when the band is playing live, do you sing all the time or just some of the time? All the time. All the time. Um, Good. I do all. Yeah, I do all the TMG songs. But what we do, we have this little this little. Um, um, it's not an intermission, but this thing in the middle of the show where we all leave the stage except for Gary Dixon, mm-hmm. uh, the, the other guitar player, and he's a good singer, you know, and so he um, he actually sings on his own, like with a spotlight on him and all that. Um, he does Julia, which was Ted's first hit in 1970, mm-hmm. uh, and then he does Falling in Love Again, which was Ted's second big hit, which was in 1971. Yep. Uh, and Gary does those on his own, just playing with an acoustic guitar, and the whole crowd usually, you know, joins in and sings the songs with him. And, and you know, it's a fantastic uh, uh, moment in in the in the concert in the show. I can imagine that would it would be incredibly enthralling. It is, and and it's quite moving. Yes, it's quite moving. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fabulous! So we're looking for when's the Ted Maury Gang uh, on tour? I believe there's a tour coming up. Yes, that's right. We're um, we're looking at um, towards the end of this year, or the very beginning of next year, um, and we're looking at uh, joining some festivals as well because a lot of festivals are going on in summertime. Yeah, and um, so we're hoping to get onto some of those festivals as well. And what would um, what would some of those festivals be? Well, I mean, there's um, the uh, there's one called the Red Hot Summer Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be nice to get on that. Um, it'll be nice to get on uh, even um, blues in Broad Beach, even though we're not typically a blues band. Mm-hmm. We are to some to some degree, you know, because it's rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's other ones too. I'm just trying to think, uh, possibly the um, um, oh, I can't even think of the place. Uh, Byron Bay, Byron, Byron Bay, Bay blues yes, festival. of course. Um, you know, um, that'd be great to get onto something like that. You know, and even play. Funnily enough, that there's quite a lot of rock, rockish bands playing at um, the Tamworth Country Music Festival. I think it really is just a. It's not even country music festival anymore. It's really the Tamworth Tamworth Music Festival. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so even playing uh, there would be 
uh, would be great. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? We've been to Tamworth uh, many times and it's just such a great festival. I mean, you get fully immersed in it. So I don't think you guys would be out of place at all. And I am no, positive I don't think so yeah. people will go, oh, my God, you know, and just be straight there to listen and watch. Yeah, absolutely. And, and th- or thinking to themselves, look at all those old guys on stage. <laughs> No, no. Because the music will take them back and I think that's the great thing about music is we hear a song from our youth or from teenage years and we go, oh, my God, that song, I love that song. That's the first song I got kissed to or, you know, we went to a (laughs) drive-in to or, you know, that kind of thing and it takes people back. And once they have that connection, they go, wow. And I know for me as well I go I haven't heard that song for so long and then you go back and you delve into the albums again yeah you're right and you'll get a and you will get a resurgence which means not only does the new album do well but the older albums will also come out and do well again too not that they probably ever stopped but they get a resurgence I agree. Um, in fact, what's interesting, what I found with, with uh, the TMG crowds, or I should say the people who have come to see TMG, some of them are diehard fans from way back, mm. right? And some of them come along and they go, I, I can't believe how many songs I know that TMG did that. I didn't realise it was TMG. Same. Like the, you know, there were so many. They weren't all number one hits, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, there was a lot of them that um, made it in the charts. Like Lazy Eyes, Jamaica Rum, <coughs> you know, yeah. um, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Lots of songs that people uh, suddenly go, oh, wow, that's right. I remember hearing that, you know, yeah. 40 years ago or something. Um, so, look, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I always look forward to doing live shows because live shows are where it's at for me. Oh, um, it's 100%. great. It's great recording, but playing live is the way to go. Play it. There's nothing like it. I've said this many times. You don't need any drug. You just need to be up there on that stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? That it's That's true. it. And it's just like, yeah, here we are and you just get such a rush from it. You do. You know, and to yeah. have people dancing in front of you and singing your songs and it's just, yeah, it's it's the thing, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, particularly now that you've mentioned that, with um, TMZ, yes, a lot of people sing along because they remember them from their youth mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's um, – it's great that people can, can, as you said before, get taken back, but they also um, uh, they sing along because they they remember those songs so well. Yes, yeah, because they would have got lots of airplay in uh, back in the seventies, I'd imagine, and probably eighties and nineties as well. Have you? Did you find a yeah. period of time talking about that where there? Oh, I don't know how to say it. Not really many sales of albums from TMG back in the uh, maybe 80s or 90s or oh, 2000s. Yeah, sure. or 2000s. yeah sure. there was a period of time where it kind of went down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, look, the band, I think their last big album, well, I'll say big, the last album that, that did anything at all was uh, in 1980. Right. They did release um, a song in 1990 which was called um, Old Habits. But there was no album release with that um, at the time. But um, but there was really no sales, you know. And, of course, these days, 
you don't get any sales at all um, unless you're doing shows. Yes. You, know, you, you, you can sell a product at shows. And people want to buy on the spot because, you know, they're there and they want autographs and stuff. They'll buy your merchandise. So they'll buy CDs, whereas mm. most people just stream now, you know. Yeah, they do. And, and that was actually my other question is, do you have merch there for people to purchase? At the Absolutely. shows. So I, I think they yeah. would really love that. Do you guys have T-shirts and coffee cups and that kind of thing? We don't have coffee cups. We do have um, T-shirts and, and multiples. We don't have the – we've got multiple different designs. Mm-hmm. And we also have, um, you know, like beer coolers, you know, the cooler you put on the outside. Oh, yes, 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 yes. We have that kind of thing. We have um, CDs. We also have vinyl albums for sale as well because there was, a, there was an album that came out that's cool. Um, that was yeah. That was and that was um, like a compilation of old stuff, and that was on vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, and, and with the new album, that'll be the same. Well, it, it will be streamed, of course, but we'll have copies at the shows yeah. for people to, um, to to purchase and you know maybe get an autograph or yeah. I've got you a, know, whatever. I've got an interesting question. I don't know if you'll be able to answer it. Well, I guess number one, uh, you're going to have any vinyls pressed. And the reason I'm asking that is because uh, records are actually, and record players are making a resurgence as well. So I'm just wondering if that's still a thing. Okay. So as I said, we did do a, we did do a compilation album of the old song that's without me singing, of course, with Ted, mm-hmm. um, probably about five years ago now. And it was on vinyl. And so the thing is, though, we may. I haven't, we haven't discussed it as yet. Mm-hmm. But, the, I mean, the, the problem with, with vinyl is it costs so much to make. I mean, CDs are so much cheaper to manufacture And you can burn, them, vinyl. On, burn them on your, seat, on your computer. So, yeah. yeah. You, well, you can do. I mean, we don't do that. We haven't professionally done mm. the CDs mm. and the jackets and all that kind of thing. But. You know, even so, it's still, you know, probably a quarter of the price to do a CD than uh, to to make a a, a a vinyl, and and isn't that well, a shame? Yeah. Isn't that a shame? Because I know a lot of people would love that. You know? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's more there's more product. Obviously, it's a bigger it's a bigger thing. You know, like CDs are small, yeah. compact. That's why they're called compact discs. Yeah, that's right. And and albums, uh, vinyl, are you know a, a slab of plastic. Mm. And you've got to put a label on them and then you've got to have the cover mm. and, it, you know, all this costs more money. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so that's why they're more expensive. Yeah. And how do you feel that the recording quality has changed from vinyl in the early days to when everything went to CD or and okay. even MP3 now? Okay. I, <laughs> I'm i putting it a ruffle a few um audiophile um <laughs> feathers here i i actually unless i get a very high quality wave file wav file mm-hmm. if i get a very high quality one of that that's that's better still but i <laughs> prefer the cd quality over the vinyl mm-hmm. now a lot of audiophiles people will go will swear that the the the, the vinyl is is better it's it's warmer. It's a warmer sound. Yes, but you don't get as much information in the grooves of the of the plastic of the like the vinyl. Right. 
than you can on the compact disc. And then when you step up, because step up from a compact disc to even higher quality, mm -hmm. which is a, a, a WAV file, like, and I mean the high quality WAV mm -hmm. files, because, you know, um, then you, again, you, you're keeping more information. And that's why the file is so big. Yes. And you hear all the little nuances, the little little things and that you're supposed to have in there that sometimes if you have an MP3, as an example, you lose a lot of that. Yeah, right. You get you get the bare shell of the MP3 and the song sounds okay if you're comparing it with other MP3s. Mm -hmm. But when you start comparing it to the big uh, WAV files, um, then you can tell there is a difference, you know, if you've, if you've got a keen ear. But, I mean, it mm. depends what you're listening to it on. You know, if you're listening to songs through your iPhone or through your, any, any smartphone, mm -hmm. you're not going to get the fidelity you want anyway, um, no. you know, through the speakers. You've got to have something connected to it, like a, a good set of headphones or to get the quality. Yeah. So most people listen through their phones. So it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but sadly, know. and I think too, um, a lot of people that aren't musicians, or maybe even some musicians, I'm not sure, they are only listening really to the bass beat. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, the, so. uh, the drum beat and the bass yeah. Yeah. and groove to that kind of thing. Uh, a yeah, lot I mean, is people... missed in between, I believe. I, I agree, yes, you're right. And people, a lot of people, I mean, look, some people don't even listen to lyrics. They'll just, <laughs> they'll just listen to the feel of the music, yes, you know. Yes, yeah. Whereas um, lyrics are very important to me. Um, yeah. You know, that to me that's the song, isn't it? I mean, like, otherwise it's a tune. Yeah, that's right. If you don't right. listen to the lyrics, it, it's a tune. Now, um, now, speaking of that, yeah. have you written songs yourself? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I've done... I've done, I think, seven albums, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, now, of course, the, one of those is the TMG album that we just spoke about. But I was in a band called Black Label, and we released four studio albums. Yeah. And oh. I wrote songs for every one of those albums. Not not every song, but I'm just saying, I contributed to each one of those albums. Yeah. Uh, some songs. So yes, I do write songs, uh, and I still play some of those songs to this very day because um, um, I, I still play another band, which is my original band, and, and so I still play my music in that band. Yeah, that's great. So it seems to me you've got a few bands on the go. Where do you find the time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, it's a real I, big I juggling very, act, isn't it? it? It is. I keep a very tight um, calendar um, in regards to, when I'm playing and, and uh, you know, for if rehearsals and because some of these things don't play all the time mm. and then you, you need to do a rehearsal. So I've got to make sure I schedule that in on a, on a day that everyone's available. And, you know, so, um, yeah, it's a bit of a juggling act. And on top of all this, I work, I, well, I work nine to five, Monday to Friday. Do you really? Yeah. So I've got a job as well. I've always <laughs> had a job. My whole life I've had a job, um, you know, because my brother once said to me, very wise words, by the way, he said to me, never give up your day job okay. until you're absolutely sure. Well, to this day, I'm still not absolutely sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm still working. <laughs> and, I'll pay, and that's how I pay my house off. I don't pay my house off with the, with the money I get from gigs. Oh, no. 
<laughs> That's changed quite a bit, hasn't it? Considerably. Considerably, considerably since uh, like the lockdowns and all that, it just kind of absolutely decimated our industry. And um, even though things are coming back now, uh, I don't believe the money's quite there like it was earlier. No. Not I'll, at all. I'll tell you stuff. I'll tell you stuff. I started 40 years ago, right? Uh-huh. I started playing live 40 years ago. And a couple of the bands that I play in now get the same money of the bands I was in 40 years ago. Ah, that's pretty so bad. Think of, when you think about that, when you think about that, you know, I mean, well, I'll go back 25 years, mm-hmm. 20, 20 years. Black Label, when I was in Black Label, we were playing quite a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. We used to get, you know, maybe 1500 to $2,000 a show, yeah, right? Yeah. Now, that's... That's the bands I mean now, other than TMG, of course. Yeah. Not getting that. We're not even getting that now. No. So, you know, it's um, nothing's progressed for for the musician. And and you would think it it should, you know, even. Oh, and, and I, well, a loaf of bread's pretty expensive compared <laughs> to what it was. Exactly. You know, exactly. Talking about talk about struggling artists, you know, but um, yeah. and even. And I've spoken with this with a few uh, musicians before. Some of the venues haven't updated their equipment if the, yeah. if they have their own PA or in-house things. And yeah. we've been caught and I just go, never doing that again. I'm lugging our PA and I don't care how heavy it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's reliable yeah. and I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, you would you would think in – such a great span of time that things would have improved and it's just such yeah. a real shame that it hasn't. It is. I mean, we're there for entertainment reasons, for to entertain people, so we'll come in to venues and have a drink or have a meal and all that kind of thing. And, you know, part of the problem that we have, though, and it's been going on for 30 years, is poker machines, you know, like so people yes. go to play poker machines instead and don't want the, don't want the band you know, in, in, in the next room, being too loud while they're playing the playing poker their machine. You know. Yeah, when that – yes, you're right. And I guess the other thing too that I've seen closed down a lot of venues is, uh, especially in the inner city, is where the neighbours complain <laughs> yeah. about the yeah. noise. And I'm like, you're living next door to a pub. What do you want? And they moved in after the pub already had bands. Exactly. Usually. Exactly. It's not like the band st- that the pub started putting bands on after they moved in. No. They they should have, you know, my way of thinking, you've got to buy a house, find out what the neighbourhood's like. If there's a pub nearby, go and find out if they have bands or, you know, I mean, in my situation, I'd probably be happy that they had bands on. I'd go down there. Yeah, exactly. And, and watch bands. But if you you know if you're if you're not, if you're against that kind of thing, yeah, don't buy in the area. Exactly, I I totally agree, totally yeah. agree. All right, so uh, let's get into talking about some of these questions I have for you. So, yeah, sure. who or what was your earliest uh, musical influence or inspiration? Okay, my earliest influence would have been my brother Ted, um, because he was already. He was already, but um, well, I was nine years old when he started mm-hmm. um, performing, um, and of course, in those days, I was very, very shy. In fact, I was I was very shy right up into my early twenties. I didn't start in, in the music industry until I was twenty-two, right? And um, because I was too shy, um, 
So when I look back, I can say that it was Ted who was my influence and inspiration. But my favourite bands in the early days, mm-hmm. um, in particular, was Thin Lizzy. Oh, yeah. I was a big, big Thin Lizzy fan. Um, and, um, you know, I went to see, uh, when I was 15, I went to see Led Zeppelin uh, movies. The song remains the same. Mm-hmm. I think I went three times in one week to go and see it. <laughs> so it <laughs> had know, a big impact on you. A big impact, you know. And, um, yeah, I, I like that kind of genre as well, that, that genre of music. Mm-hmm. Um Really, really, you know, really does it for me. I've, I've loved it all my life, really. Yeah. So what made you want to play guitar? Well, actually, I, I, I mainly just sing. I don't really play anything, to be oh, honest. Don't you? I mean, I've, I've got instruments. I've got a bass here, which I've had. I bought a bass in 1989 off my brother, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. to just try and start learning. But I only use it if I get stuck and I'm trying to find notes that I'm trying to write a song to. Right. Um, I, I have a couple of pianos, like keyboards, which I don't really play either. But again, I find notes on piano if I'm writing. Um, I've got an electronic drum kit if I want to have a bash, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So I do, I, and I've got lots of harmonicas. Even I don't really play anything. I just fiddle with things. Right. Um, but I, what happened was in, I think it was um, early 83, no, it was late 82, um, a friend of mine um, invited me down to um, to Bulleye, uh, um, which is, a, uh, for those of people who don't live in New South Wales, that is very close to a place called Wollongong, if you haven't looked on the map. Um, and uh, a mate of mine asked me to come down there and, you know, they were forming a band. Anyway, I drove down there and I was actually too shy to go in, so I drove home. Oh, no. Uh, and in fact, to be honest with you, uh, about four or five years earlier, when I was 17, um, I was in, invited to go. Another bunch of guys in Campbelltown mm-hmm. were, 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 you know, putting a band together. I went along, you know, because I said, oh, maybe you might want to sing, you know. I went along and I was so shy there, I couldn't sing. I walked out. Oh, so, poor thing. Yeah. So isn't it, isn't it strange? Yeah. So then, uh, so... As I said, the one down in Bulleye, in Bulleye I finally went back again a, a, a few weeks later and started, you know, doing some songs and rehearsing. And um, I got sore throats all the time and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, obviously because I didn't know how to sing. Um, and uh, but gradually over a period, I didn't think I did my very first gig in 1983, which is like a, a backyard party. And, and we did that as a gig and, you know, a lot of people there and, it was fun type of thing, mm-hmm. you know. I, I used to get really, you know, I used to have get really ill before a gig because I was nervous and stuff. Oh, that's that's really terrible. That's, but, uh, but over the, yeah, <laughs> over, the years, over the years, I've progressed a little bit since then. Yeah. Um, do you find you, <laughs> I didn't even? Yeah, go on. Do you find you get nervous now still or no? No, not really. No. Now it's just um, like let me out there. Yeah, I mean, I get, I, I get a little bit, just a little bit, you know. Am I going to be okay tonight? And I, um, I, you know, I do think about things like that, you know, um, but not, not, not nervous, nervous. I, I, um, because I'm pretty confident in myself now. Good. After after forty years, I've done my apprenticeship now. After forty years, <laughs> yeah. and so I, um, I feel a little bit more confident in my ability, um, and I try not to obviously stretch past my ability mm. you know what i mean that 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 
that can catch you out if you if you think, oh, I could do this note, and you know. Oh. But anyway, you, know, you just got to relax a bit, and that's that, it. Then you can hit the notes, you know. Well, that's it too. If you get, if you know you're coming to a particularly uh, high part of the song, and you tense up, you've already yeah. you're already a shot dark. You've already defeated yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It's you've got to relax. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I started. I've got to tell you, I started taking singing lessons about ten years into into being in bands because I joined a band which was uh, called Stoker, mm-hmm. and um, I uh, I couldn't reach <laughs> I couldn't reach the notes the way that the that the songs were written. Um, there had been a, a guy before me and a girl in between me and that guy, and and the songs were just a bit high pitched. So I went to a singer called Tyrone Coates, mm-hmm. and um, he lives on the Central Coast now. And um, he helped me in a three-month period. He helped me immensely um, with my throat and, and, you know, had to to not, you know, blow it Mm. and and wear my voice out and this, that and the other. Um, So he helped me a lot. But since then I've taken other – I've still got got lessons now that I I still do to keep my voice – you know, I'm trying to develop my voice all the time – because I don't think you ever stop, really. No. I don't think you ever stop no. you know, progressing, you know. And if you don't look after your voice, you end up going downhill. So I try and uh, look after it and, and um, do lessons and, you know, but usually usually it's a, it's a lesson that I bought so I don't have to go and see a teacher, mm. but I can do it in my own, you know, in my own time. That's actually very inspiring for would-be singers in bands or, or for anybody who sings in a band or duo or solo. It's very inspiring to know that you still take that time to hone your craft. Well, I find it really important. The, 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 the one thing I don't want to do is to get up there and, and just – my voice doesn't work, you know. No. Um, I'm, but I'm very fortunate too because I play often, and I find that if you if you're playing, performing a lot live, your voice is in prime condition all the time. As long as you're not doing ten days straight, three hours a day, you know, like if if you're on that kind of a tour, it can it can really ruin you, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if you if you're playing once a week, twice a week, then you know that's going to keep your voice lubricated. But it still doesn't necessarily help you improve. So you need, you know, you need um, to, to to work out your exercises, how you how you approach a song because all songs are different. Yes. You know how how to vowel modifications. The higher up you go into your range, so that you're not really singing the word as it would sound speaking. Mm. But when you sing it, it sounds like you're saying the right word. So with, with vowel modifications, all that kind of things, lot there's lots involved with. Yeah. With um. With singing, it sure and, is. and um, you, you've got to improve. It just makes you, you know, keeps you strong. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Now, is there anything that you do before you uh, do a gig, uh, as in maybe drink um, hot lemon and honey, or you know, anything like <laughs> okay. that? Yeah. Okay. So, particularly now, no, not a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the past, um, firstly. It wasn't because of my voice that I that I had anything. It was because of my nerves. So I used to have to have a have a drink. So it'd be a, a scotch and it was a scotch and coke for a while. Then it went to bourbon and coke. Um, a nerve but I don't karma. drink. A, yeah, I basically don't don't have any drink, any alcohol at all. Yeah, at shows anymore. I don't need it. No. Um, and um, but it was just you know it was a mask. It was it was giving me a bit of Dutch curry as they say. Yes, you know, yes, yes. To yes, get yes. up on stage. Well, it's good that you don't um, you don't have that anymore. 
Yeah, but no, I don't take any any drinks. If if I feel something coming on in my throat, mm-hmm. I will have um, apple cider vinegar and honey. Okay, yeah. And that usually fixes that up within two days. Yeah, um, yeah. So I have about that three times a day. Sip, sip, you know, like make it like a coffee, but it's 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 just um, um, apple cider vinegar, honey, and hot water. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and um, that um, that sort of keeps a lot of things at bay. Plus, I really look after myself. I don't eat very much junk, and I make sure I take vitamins every day. So, you know, to try and keep to ward off any any evil little um, nasties, little little bugs <laughs> that might be floating around. You know, when you're a singer in particular, yes, and using your throat, you're susceptible to anything that could possibly be going around. Oh, you know, a hundred percent. And you know, we had this the other day, or at our we went to Kudamundra, and. People want to get up and sing a song on your your microphone. <laughs> First of all, I paid a lot of money for that microphone. Yeah, yeah. Number exactly. two, I don't want your germs. True, it's true. And I'm just like, yeah. they, I know they just want to get up and be part of it. But yeah. um, you know, and you can appreciate this. No, I don't want that on my microphone. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> the good thing, the good thing about um, the Ted Mulry gang as an example. And also the rock show, for that matter, the, the, that I do, uh, will be doing again later this year. That's sorry, be, in the beginning of next year. Um, no one gets up on stage yes. or comes near you because you're on big stages. You yes. know, you're on big stages, and and uh, but it's when you're in the smaller pubs and doing little cover shows and stuff like that, um, then you're eye you're, you're eye to eye with people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. they that they um, become familiar. With you, they have a few drinks and think that they know you were uh, oh, yes. well enough. Yeah, you know, yep. um, don't make so I, don't make eye contact. <laughs> they try not to. Yeah, yeah. You'll find me a lot of times. I'll you know if I see something getting bit, something bit clear, I'll just close my eyes or I'll I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll move to another part of the you know of the stage type of thing. But um, yeah, yeah. The, the bigger the bigger bands don't don't cop that. So no. Much. So on that. Can you tell me a funny story from any time in the last 40 years that you've been uh, performing that just still tickles your fancy and you think, oh, that was a good story, that's a good time? Well. <laughs> there's got to be a few. <laughs> All right, there is a few, but there's one in particular. I was, I was playing in my first band, which is, you know, which, which was called Axis. That was from, um, from Bulleye. Mm-hmm. And we were playing down, where were we now? We, we were at Berry. I think it was Berry. Which is further down the coast again, and I, I had a bit of a flu coming on, oh. and um, and I was still inexperienced. I'd only been singing for about eighteen months, and um, oh no, sorry, yeah, 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 about eighteen months. So I, uh, what I did was I, 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 I was always drinking a Scotch and Coke at the time. Again, as I said, to get a bit of Dutch curry. Yeah. And, and and so I'd, I'd probably drank close to half a half a bottle of scotch <laughs> with with coke, and um and um and then and my throat was getting a bit funny, and and one of the one of the guys we knew there said, you know what, what you should do, take a little tiny nip of tequila, right, <laughs> and and swallow it, and then breathe in, and it clears your throat. And he was right, oh. it worked, it worked. But you're not supposed to drink ten of them. Oh. Right, so so I'd already had all this all this scotch, right? I'd already had all the scotch, and I started drinking this um, tequila. This tequila. I don't know. I was 
I was about 24 at the time. So and, um, do you remember the gig at all? <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, no, actually, funny. I remember I remember we were supporting a band called the Cyril B. Bunter Band. Mm-hmm. And they were a big blues band at the time, blues boogie band. And um, we were in Berry. And what happened was it got to a certain point where I think we just started doing um, a Black Sabbath song called Paranoid. Mm-hmm. So we just started doing Paranoid. And, you know, finish with my woman. Anyway, I'm singing away. And all of a sudden, I don't know why, I, I just fell backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I fell backwards into the drum kit. Oh, and, no. And, and the, the, the drum is still playing away. And I got up and I ran forward and I ran into the bass player at <laughs> the head of his bass. And, <laughs> and I've got blood. <laughs> I've got blood <laughs> sort of streaming down the right-hand side of my – from my forehead. Yeah. And, and the crowd's gone berserk. <laughs> all part of the show, man. It's all part of the show, you know. It's almost like being a punk band. But we're, <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing Black Sabbath and ah, the crowd's gone ape, you know. Anyway, I know I'm, I'm, um, I'm just uh, oblivious to what's going on. Anyway. <laughs> Quite oblivious, I, find, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The next thing I know, it's 10 a.m. the following day. Oh, jeez. And I've woken up in the back of my car mm. at Bulleye, outside one of the guy's houses, the bass player, as a matter of fact. Mm. So we'd come from Berry, which is, <clears throat> I don't know how far Berry is from Bulleye. Could be 45 minutes. Yeah. And I, I staggered up because he had stairs in front of his house. So I staggered up there and I said, well, what happened? And uh, actually, no, it was a guitarist house, sorry. And uh, they, they, they said to me, um, well, after the, the performance, after we'd finished, he said, they said, you went in the toilet and you didn't come out. Oh. For, for, you know, they were still waiting half an hour, 40 minutes. So they came in and I was, I was just sprawled in one of the, <laughs> in one of the toilet cubicles. <laughs> so, oh dear. Uh, and this other band's playing, like the, the, the Cyril B. Bunter band, they're playing. So the boys came into the into the loo, got me up, carried me out, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> carried me out on their shoulders and, the, and they said the crowd just went berserk again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put on a good show. <laughs> as they, yeah, carried me out, put me in the car. They watched a bit of the band. Then they came back out. One of the boys drove my car, because two of them travelled together, drove my car back to Bulleye mm-hmm. and left it there and just didn't bother me. <laughs> and um, that, that was it. That, when I woke up at 10 o'clock, I had a bit of a headache. And the trouble was I had a day job then, as I still oh, do now. No. So it was Saturday. It was Saturday. It was a Friday night that we'd done the gig. It was a Saturday morning. I was supposed to be at work at 7 a.m. Oh, no. And, and um, it was... Now 10, 10 o'clock, it was 10.30 by the time I rang up work and said, I, <laughs> I won't be in. And the guy said, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're already late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Three and a half hours late, really. You're ringing up now. So, but you still called, that's, and that's the main thing. I still called, right, <clears throat> right. That's some, see, I had responsibilities. That's so, it. <laughs> that's right. So, that's a so that's one of my, fantastic that, story. That, that's probably one of my... One of my best ones, I think, and 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 I didn't drink so much after that. Oh, um, I, <laughs> I just did, had the one drink, and I could imagine <laughs> that the 
the you couldn't look at tequila. I wouldn't be able to look at tequila. That's for sure. After that, <laughs> oh no. You know what? <clears throat> tequila. Funny tequila doesn't bother me. You know what really got me ill once was um, I went to a funny enough a Ted Mulrigan concert out at Lithgow, I think it was, mm-hmm. and I was there and I was getting free drinks all night. I, I wasn't playing. My brother was. I was. I think I was about nine. Uh, this is before that. So before I was in bands, I was I was about nineteen, and somebody was buying me because I, I I used to drink Southern Comfort mm-hmm. and a Southern Comfort and lemonade. If you want to get any, there's no drink in the world sweeter than Southern Comfort and lemonade. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I had that many of them <laughs> that on the way back, uh, my brother was driving, of course, and he said, "Are you all right?" I said, "No, nah, you better pull over." <laughs> and <laughs> And of course, I had to empty out what I drank in. Um, oh. So, um, <laughs> you know. So then he, then he, then we went. Then he drove to Sydney. And we had pancakes on the rocks at about four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I was so I, I couldn't drink Southern Comfort. <laughs> For another thirty years after that. Oh, listen! It, there's always one drink that nobody can look at again. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was I was fifty before I could drink that again. Oh dear. Um, and so yeah, it took me thirty years to be able to, and, and then I was okay again. Yeah. But I don't drink it. I don't drink something covered. But I, I I I finally had one, and I was okay with it. Yeah. Oh. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we do some silly things. We do some silly things when we're young, you know. That's for sure. <laughs> And you hope you survive. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so, Steve, what's the best live act you've seen, either being overseas or Australian? Okay. I, in my early days, like I'm talking about in, in the in the very late seventies, early eighties, and all that. I, I, strangely enough, wasn't really into Australian bands. Uh huh. Because I really love Led Zeppelin, I really love Thin Lizzy, I really love Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, White Snake, Rainbow. They were the bands that I really aspired to. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say that possibly the best concert I went to. Geez, there's going to be a couple here. Uh, 1980, I saw Black Sabbath. At, I think it was the State Theatre in in Sydney. Mm-hmm. I saw Black Sabbath with Ronnie James Dio singing, and it just absolutely blew my mind. Um, I'm just going to rattle off a couple here yeah, for you. Yeah. The, the other one was in 1978. I saw Thin Lizzy play on the Opera House Steps. Um, it was, I think, John English was on that day, and a band called Kazoo or something. Oh yeah, was, no Kazoo. And then there was, I think, the Sports were on a band called the Sports. Um, but yeah, Thin Lizzy were on that, was, and that was a great gig because I was a big Lizzy fan. You know, um, it was great, uh, and and I think another one I really liked Queen when I saw Queen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 really hard, and I guess the best Australian bands that I've seen, I really like the Angels. Yep, I really like Rose Tattoo. Yeah, um, you know, I'm into that type of thing. I'm into the heavier rock. Type of, type of rock, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I saw ACDC in 2001. That was the one and only time I've ever seen them um, when they came out here um, at the Entertainment Centre mm-hmm. in Sydney. Um, and that was mega, mega loud. Wow. Um, but it was great. And that's how, I, that's how I met the two guys, the two brothers from uh, the Angels, the two Brewster brothers. That's when I met them at that concert because um, sitting on my left was Les Hall from TMG. He, he and I went to the show together mm-hmm. and on the right was the two Brewster brothers and and um, 
Rick Rick Bruce, I think it was, looked over and said, "Oh, hi, Les." We said, "Oh, hi," and introduced me so, and um, yeah. to, to them. And, and we've been mates ever since. Like the, the Bruces and and uh, and I have been been friends ever since. Uh, so much so that these my, my band um, at Law, uh, Black Label um, in the uh, early two thousands, we used to tour. Uh, Mid two thousand, we used to tour with um, with the Angels quite a bit down in yeah, Victoria, yeah. New South Wales. You know, uh, they're a great bunch of guys. I really get along well with them. And do you love? So that, 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 <clears throat> yeah, sorry, finish your thought. Sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say that that's probably the the, the the as far as I'll go in regards to the best the best concerts I've seen and the best what I consider the best Aussie ones that I've seen. Yeah. So, do you like touring? Is that that's something you love to do? Um, I like it. I don't know whether I'd like it if it was constant. You know, like a lot of the big bands play, you know, like, I mean, TMG still hold the record for the longest running tour in Australia. Wow. Which was, which was, I think, 90, I can't, I think it was 98 dates in 110 days. Oh, wow. So in that, in that three and a bit months, right, so three and a half months, which is 110 days, three and a half months, they played 98 times wow did 98 yeah so that was not very many days off that, that's only like 12 days off in three months so you you wouldn't um, want to put a note wrong would you <laughs> no and, and 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 you get very tight the band gets very tight yeah. but i tell you what your voice your voice would be um would be um not in a good in good shape no. after all that work you know no. but you see bands like the rolling stones they do two two years like their, their, their tours go for two years wow yeah and you know you think you know that I don't think I, I want to do that. Yeah, <coughs> I may have what I may have done it when, in my late twenties or early thirties, but not now. Now that I'm old, <laughs> you're not old. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's, it's great, you know. Well, you know, good thing about being in Ted Mulligan, being TMG, is that I'm the youngest guy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm the I'm the young one in the band, whereas in my band, Lawless Breed, mm-hmm. my personal band, I'm the oldest. Yep. So there's the contrast for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's great being in TMG on the young boy. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> I think what we what we might do right now is you've sent yep. me an MP3, and what was the name of yep. the song that you've sent me? Okay, so this one that we're going to play first is the TMG song, which is called La La, and that's the new one that has only just come out in the last six weeks. Okay, and we'll play that now. It's always been the same Just what you do 
What a great track. Fabulous. Okay. Steve, uh, so tell us what's coming up for you. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm constantly playing now. Um, I have my own band, Lawless Breed, um, which is doing a few shows here and there. I play in another band, which is just a cover band with uh, Rick Lum. Um, people might remember him from um, from the band Hush. Hush. Yep, correct. So there's that. Um, there's also, um, as we mentioned earlier, TMG should be on the road towards the end of this year or early next year. So mm-hmm. that's coming up. Also, I'll be. Um, I'm in another band called The Rock Show, which was um, The Rock Show Oz Edition, which was John English's band. Um, and unfortunately, he passed away before he had the opportunity to to put this band on the road, this, this show on the road, I should say, because the band was already with him in previous shows. But mm-hmm. um, so th- that will start in January. We play at um, the Zots in Newcastle on uh, uh, on the Australia Day weekend. And then uh, that's on the Saturday of the Australia Day weekend. And on the Sunday of the Australia Day weekend, we have a harbour cruise, Sydney harbour cruise. Um, oh, fantastic. Yeah, that we're doing. Yeah, we've done one before, uh, like early last year. And that's year. with... That's with the Rock Show, the Rock Show Oz, Oz, Edition? Oz Edition, correct? <clears throat> uh-huh. So great musicians, great multi instrumentalists. They all swap instruments uh, while I stand there. Oh, that's cool. While I stand there looking, looking like, pretty, looking absolutely well, handsome. Yeah, that's it. Not that's pretty the word. handsome. That's the, word. that's the word I was <laughs> trying to find myself. Um, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm the singer, of course. The lead singer. Everybody's a singer, by the way, except the drummer. And everybody sings lead vocal. Everybody sings harmonies. And um, excellent, excellent. We, and we, um, we, we uh, I'm the MC of the show as well, so I talk people through things as well, and a bit of history about you know John English and his association with different artists and and all that kind of thing. So it's 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 a full show. It's which normally get we normally in theatres we play in theatres a lot, um, mm-hmm. but the 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 Harbour Cruise is a little bit less formal and it's um it's great. I love Harbour Cruises. You know we've got such a beautiful harbour in Sydney. Oh, we do. It's glorious. Not with the smoke, though, today in the last no. few days. <laughs> it's been terrible, hasn't it? It's been terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. As a singer, it kind of um, upsets the throat a little a bit. Little, a little bit, correct. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now do you guys have a website for uh, Ted Mulry Gang? Yes, and strangely enough, it's called tedmulrygang.com. <laughs> I love it. And, and, and what about um, the Rock Show Oz Edition? The Rock Show, I don't think we have a full website for that. We just have fa- a Facebook page for that, which is yeah. the, the, the yeah. Rock Show Oz Edition, so you can find us on there. And But my, my band Lawless Breed has its own website, which is lawlessbreed.com. Um, okay. And, um, yeah, Rock Cake doesn't have a Facebook uh, – doesn't have a website either. It just has a um, – that's just like a Facebook, just a Facebook page. page as well, you know. Well, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say just because so many people now they don't worry about websites. They just go straight on Facebook, and that's where they see everything. That's true. The only mm-hmm. problem I have with any social media, any social media, mm-hmm. is sometimes they can, if they wish, delete your content. Yeah. That's why. Yes. That's why a band, I believe, a band should have their their own home on the web, and that is your own website. 
Yeah. Well, what I'll get you to do, I'm sure that you've already sent me some links to those web pages so people can just click on those and go to them and even um, the Facebook ones, I'm sure we can sort that out as well. Yeah, I'll send you the links to those as well and and, and Steve Murray Music, I'll send you the link to that um, uh, Facebook page as well because everything I'm doing is basically on that page anyway. Yeah, oh, that, that'll be fantastic. Well, Steve, I think we'll leave it there for this evening and I'm so blessed to have you come and speak with me. I really appreciate your time. Again, thank you. I mean, I, 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 it's a blast. I, was, I didn't know what to expect and it's been a, a wonderful whatever amount of time we've been on here talking. It's been, <laughs> it's been great and uh, I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, thank you so much. Good night, Steve. Good night, Crystal. You take care. And that was the absolutely fabulous Steve Mulry. You have been listening to Conversations with Crystal. Of course, I am your hostess, Crystal. And please join us next week when we have another fabulous guest. Until then, stay safe, stay happy. Stay cool, stay awesome, and most of all, please stay tuned to this channel. Good night.